Support for this podcast comes from Microsoft Surface. Now more than ever, you need a laptop that can be as adaptable as you are. Introducing Microsoft Surface Laptop Go. Finally, a premium laptop at an affordable price. Starting at just $549, its light, thin design, vibrant touchscreen, powerful processor, and built-in HD camera and mic turns any room in your home into a classroom, office, or study hall. Available in three amazing colors the whole family will love. Visit surface.com slash laptop go for more details. Hi, this is Peter. This week's The Big Event is a rerun from November 2nd, 2018, when Jerry Rice came to the Chronicle Archive to appear on The Big Event. I'm bringing it back because I have a new RSF column featuring Rice's first photos as a 49er from 1985. The photos were taken right after Rice was drafted, and he was holding up his jersey for the very first time, his Niner jersey. Also, In Search of Greatness, the documentary Rice talked about is available to download on iTunes and Amazon. One of my all-time favorite episodes. I hope you enjoy it. From our 901 Mission Street studios, you are listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. It's Jerry Rice Day on the big event, and I'm not even going to try to contain my excitement. Rice was responsible for maybe 70% of my favorite sports memories from my teen years. I could be a typical teenager, mad at my parents or fighting with my sister, but we'd all bond around the television over the joy of watching Jerry Rice do incredible things. And when we talk about him 30 years later, we still feel that joy. In Search of Greatness, a new documentary by Gabe Polsky that features Rice prominently, tries to explain why he was able to break apart from the rest. It involves intense focus and a creativity in thinking and a willingness to see things differently from other athletes. I think that comes out in a lot of places during this interview, including when Rice talks about why he didn't want a touchdown dance. My first year, I, I think a couple games, I, I tried to have some type of identity, you know, yeah. something that was going to separate me from everyone else. And I, and I tried to dance, and I looked at myself. I looked crazy doing it, so I decided not to do it anymore. And I said, hey, you know, that's when I came up with, hey, you know what? Just act like you've been there. Just give the ball to the official. <laughs> so then, you know, that was it. <laughs> so, it, what what was the dance? Uh, I love footage of this. Eighty-five, eighty-six. I'm not even going to tell you that. It was way the it robot was, it was, or, or it, it was way too old school. <laughs> <laughs> so many good stories here. Jerry Rice also talks about why he likes to be a wedding crasher. He looks at a Chronicle photo from the day he was introduced as a 49er, and it turns out that trip to San Francisco was his first time on a plane. A final note, during In Search of Greatness, we learned that Rice arrived 20 minutes early for his interview with the director. So I took an early ferry to get to the Chronicle building a half hour before the interview. It was dark when I came into San Francisco, and he still beat me by 10 minutes. You can't get a drop on Jerry Rice. In Search of Greatness opens on Friday, November 2nd at the Metreon in San Francisco and Century 21 in Daly City. We're your concierge for culture in the Bay Area. I'm Peter Hartlob, and this is The Big Event. Jerry Rice, welcome to the San Francisco Chronicle. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah. It's so cool to be here. Yeah, is this your first time here? Yeah, this is my first time here. 
So we're, we're here for In Search of Greatness, new movie coming out, documentary. I love it because I watched it, and it mentioned in the movie um, that you came 20 minutes early for the interview there. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I'm, I'm always early. Yeah. Uh, I think out of 20 years, I was late once for a meeting, and I think <laughs> I was about 15 minutes late. What, what was the meeting? Uh, it was just a team meeting. Yeah. Yeah, and I... Uh, I got stuck in traffic, so I, and I was a little bit late. And after that, I just said, you know, to myself, I'll never be late again. So the movie is, I, I think it's a great movie. It, um, so it's not just a how-to. It really gets inside the yeah. brain. Well, I, I think people, they are curious. You know, how were you able to sustain for so many years and play at a very high level? Uh, in search of uh, greatness, you know, Wayne Gretzky, Pelé. Uh, we got footage of uh, Serena Williams, uh, Muhammad Ali, Michael Jordan. And it's just all of these athletes we are searching. Yeah. Now, is this something you might be able to uh, obtain greatness? Uh, I think I could have always been better. Really? And, yeah, because it, it's like it's it's almost it's one of those things where you're playing a game uh, with your mind. Because if you feel like, okay, I have arrived, you're not going to work as hard. So it was always that, you know, fear of failure that kept pushing me that, hey, I was going to let my teammates down or let my family down. And that would uh, really uh, force me to work harder during the off season. you know, getting myself into shape. And, you know, just listening to Wayne Gretzky, uh, you know, I, the guy to me is uh, the greatest hockey player to ever uh, play the game. He talked about not being as fast. The knock on me when I first came in, I was not as fast. Yeah. But I watched, you know, all the great receivers like Dwight Clark, uh, Steve Largent, how they got separation and caught the ball. And that was something that I, I wanted to do. It, in the documentary, you say, if you line me up to run a 40-yard dash no. and I didn't have a uniform on, there's no way I would run a good 40-yard dash. But football speed. I always had, I always had football speed. And I, I think because you look at uh, athletes today, these guys, they work on running the 40-yard dash. But I feel football is more about stop and go and change of direction. And, and I think that's where I really excelled because I could be explosive. But you notice, too, like if I ever got out in front of you, uh, there's no way you're going to catch me. Mm -hmm. I had that, that, that little fear factor that, that really gave me that little extra burst that I needed to uh, get to the end zone. Fear factor. What? Yeah, because I knew players wanted to hurt me. <laughs> <laughs> so the hair would stand up on my back just a little bit, and, and, I, and that would give me that extra gear where I could get into the end zone. I can't think of a 49er fan who would come here and say, Jerry Rice, there's some things you could have done better. Well, you, well, to be honest with you, uh, God, my teammates, they couldn't believe how I still continued to work. Like, okay, you don't have to work as hard. You are the man right now. You, you are, you know, you Jerry Rice, you the man. But I just felt like I needed to, uh, you know, set that example for them and to let them know that, you know, you should never get complacent and you should always, uh, you know, continue to work hard. And football was something that I really loved doing. I didn't look at it as a job or anything like that. It was something that I, I took pride in. And I think, you know, with, uh, you know, 
Wayne Gretzky uh, hockey and also play uh, soccer and stuff like that. It's the same thing. You know, yeah. we all kept searching, you know, for greatness. Were you that way before you played football? You didn't yeah. start playing football till sophomore year in high school. Were you that way with board games and with, you know, things before football? Do you remember that? I, you, you know what? I, I think I started playing high school football around my sophomore year. And because I had I had no intent on playing sports because I was uh, pretty much I was a nerdy guy, pretty nerdy. I was skinny. I had big hands. I had big feet. Yeah. And it took me a while to grow into my frame. Uh, but then I I started liking football yeah. and it, I just poured my heart into it. But, you know, anything that I do, I'm competitive. I want to <laughs> win. And, and I'm sure, you know, it's like. All other athletes are the same way, or if you're not an athlete, you still, you want to win, and you want to be competitive. What's the last thing you've been really competitive about? Uh, I would say golf now. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's something that I'm really trying to get better at. I had gotten down to a plus three. I'm, I'm like a 0 0.1 right now. Uh, I think with, you know, you look at Tiger Woods, uh, I think he was a plus six or a plus seven. Mm -hmm. So he was like a surgeon you know, on the golf course. And, uh, you know, I would love to, uh, you know, just continue to get better. And, and uh, it's the only game, too, where you can just go on the golf course and you can compete against yourself. You don't have to play with anyone. You just complete. I mean, we, you compete against the golf course. And uh, so that's that's exciting to me right now. Have you played with Steph Curry yet? I played with Steph. Steph got a, a great game. Yeah. I mean, man, he can hit it long. He got – you know, great touch and, and all that. That's why he's able to knock down those uh, incredible threes and all that. Uh, just, you know, a great basketball player, but also, you know, just a great individual. Is, is being hardwired like a Gretzky, a Pele, a, a Steph, does that also mean you can't enjoy it? Were you able to enjoy those Super Bowls and take a week and go on a vacation and just be like, I'm Jerry Rice? You, you know, know, the <laughs> funny thing is, and, and I had a coach to, to tell me, that I needed to smell the roses. Mm -hmm. I could never do that because I was so focused and I had blinders on of the next year. If we won the Super Bowl, I started, you know, working out, getting ready for the next year. Yeah. So it's like once it's over, you might enjoy it that night or during the parade, but after that you go right back into, you know, uh, focusing on what you have to do the next year to uh, try to be great again. What about now? I, I have to think, I'm a fan. I watched a lot of your games, a lot of them live. We had season tickets as a family. Um, I don't remember anything you did wrong. I don't remember a single fumble. Oh uh, what about now? I mean, can you just yeah. can you just sit and enjoy it now? Yeah, the funny thing is, and, and probably, you know, when I go see the film, the premiere and all that stuff, I'll be very critical on myself. I'll yeah. sit there and, and if there's highlights and stuff <laughs> like that, you know, I'm probably going to look at it and say, hey, I could have done better. With the film, the documentary yeah. that we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I was, just, I was the same way when I went back in. Um, after that game, you know, if we played that Sunday and, and we had to go in that Monday, I was very critical on myself on film. Yeah, because, you know, a lot of guys when I uh, uh, say a lot of receivers, when they have a great game, if they have over 10 receptions, or over 200 some yards, uh, three touchdowns or more, they don't look at the little things. Yeah. You know, but my thing is, 
you know, I wanted to continue to get better. So it's like I would come in and I would judge myself really hard on that film and, and, and see what, a, what I could do better uh, the next game. So so we're in the Chronicle Archive. I actually brought you the Jerry yeah, Rice file, this. all of the photos of you from, I think there's a, actually a photo in here of you at Mississippi Valley State, just a, a headshot, all the way to yeah. pictures of you with Dwight and Joe. I wanted to ask you a few questions mm -hmm. just based on things I saw in the photos. We have the photos of you taking your first uh, photo with your jersey introduced to the 49er uh, public, the fans with and the, the media with Bruce yeah. Colley. Yeah. Was that was that your first time in San Francisco? Had you been here before? That was my first time in San Francisco. I flew in the day well the day of. I flew into Oakland because my agent he was uh he was over in Oakland. We came over to the 49ers uh facility the next day and I remember uh, meeting Bruce Colley. Yeah. Because he got drafted along with me and holding up that jersey. And it was it was almost like it was uh, surreal, because uh, I think we all dream about you know playing NFL football. Yeah. But will it happen? Uh, yeah. Sometimes yeah. Sometimes it happens. Sometimes it doesn't. And I remember just holding this up and taking a lot of pride in it, and just looking forward to uh, just putting that on and going out there representing you know, the San Francisco 49ers. What'd you think of San Francisco when you found out you were coming here? Scared, to, scared to death. Why, why is that? <laughs> because I was getting, uh, I was finally coming to a big city. Uh, my first time flying. <laughs> really? <laughs> Everything, because we went by bus at Mississippi Valley State University and, and all that. But yeah, just coming to the big city and, and, uh, and just uh, trying to figure out where would I fit in you know, with all the greats, you know, Montana, Ronnie Lott, Dwight Clark, Freddie Solomon, uh, all these great players, yeah. you know, Hall of Famers, and like, okay, you know, do they have room for me? Would I be able to fit in or, you know, uh, uh, you know, really help the team? Yeah, and and on this day, did you have dreams of, of doing what you would do? Were you already thinking about, I, I'm, I'm going to be the best ever. I'm going to light you know, it up here. You know what? I, I think on that, on this particular day, I was just happy to uh, be in the facility and, and, and just trying to get acclimated and, you know, just getting used to everything around me because it's almost like you're like a deer in the headlights. You know, you yeah. got you got great players around you. You, you might be... Uh, right next to Montana, sitting next to him. Yeah, <laughs> and you have watched him uh, as a kid, kid, and uh, now you get you finally get the opportunity to meet him and and be a part of that dynasty. So just trying to get acclimated, doing all that, and after that, now it's all about putting on a uniform and going to work and and letting everybody know that hey, look, uh, I deserve to be here. And I'm gonna work my butt off and I'm gonna earn everything. What about? when you're a rookie now when you're the veteran everybody's yeah. like jerry rice works hard i got to step up to that but when you're the rookie how did people take to that and take to the way that you approach the game was it welcomed well i think at first I, I think the veterans they were they were a little shocked because they couldn't believe how hard i worked and plus i went through some adversity to uh you know with dropping footballs uh when i first uh, came into the league you know because there was so much happening and and I'm trying to process everything. It, it took away from me catching the ball just a little bit. But I think everybody saw that work ethic. And 
all of a sudden now you got other players they're doing the same thing they're like okay you know jerry just called a five yard slant he just went 95 yards okay now you got john taylor on the other side he'll catch uh, a 10 yard you know uh hook or something like that he sprints to the end zone now you you starting to build character and all that so uh, all the all my teammates they bought in and plus, you know, in a uh, scenario like that, you're in position where you can help your teammate uh, downfield make a block or something like that and get into the end zone. So it was all about that teamwork. Did you view other receivers on the team as rivals? Did you keep a no. distance or did you keep no, them close? No, no. you know, with Dwight Clark, Freddie Solomon, all that, because th- those two guys, they knew I was coming in to uh, take over their job. Yeah. They knew that. But they were, they were still willing to mentor me and show me how to be a professional, you know, on the football field and off the football field. So there was, it was like a tradition for the San Francisco 49ers to be able to pass that on, and I did that with uh, the other receivers that came in. So we, 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 all, we all worked together. It was competitive, but, you know, but it was something that you had to earn to get that starting position. Yeah, I, I remember a game that I went to. It, it, it might have been a playoff game. You ran out on the field, and it was after a long injury, and you came back, and I remember going to the game not even knowing if you were going to play, and I want to say Owens and Stokes were there with you, Mm -hmm. um, running with you, like, this is my guy, and uh, uh, I wanted to ask you about that mentorship. Did you? I took pride in it. Yeah. Yeah, because I knew those guys. They were the future, Uh, J.J. Stokes and uh, Terrell Owens, and these guys worked hard during practice. They they wanted they wanted to uh, uh, make a name for themselves on the football field. So it was very competitive during the week. So you know, but it was that type of uh, you know where players are competitive, but there's a respect. Yeah. You know, and it was something that you had to earn on the football field. And it was great working with uh, J.J. Stokes and also uh, Terrell Owens. You also mentioned Dwight Clark. Um, you know, obviously he worked extremely hard. He was a, a late round pick right, right, and had right. to. But I feel like you guys have a little bit different personalities. Yet I'm looking in the archive, and every photo with you and him, it looks like you're sharing a joke or having a good time. Yeah, it was just cool. To, it was just cool to hang out with Dwight. Dwight was real. He was real cool. But you talking about precise route running? I mean, if you came out and, and, and you had the opportunity to to watch uh, a 49er practice, you know, to see this guy come out of his cuts, it was it was amazing. Yeah. You know, for a guy his size. And I'm like, okay, you know, like, okay, how did you do that? You know, how did you run that out route like that? And because when I first came into the league uh, at Mississippi Valley State, we wouldn't roll the route. You know, a lot of the routes with the West Coast offense, you have to roll it. And and coming from Mississippi Valley, we would just go up 10 and we would square it out. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, it's almost like just like doing a dance. You got to be able to hit eight steps and you got to roll right out of it and stuff like that. And and Dwight really helped me with my, my route running. And uh, And like I said, he was not the fastest guy. And that was a knock on me, too. But it was all about getting separation where the quarterback, uh, where he didn't have to hold on to the football. He could let it go. And uh, I think that's why we had so much success, you know, because I had a lot of success with uh, with Montana and also uh, Steve Young. And it had a lot to do with uh, 
the attention to uh, detail. Yeah. Did you keep in touch with Dwight over the years? Oh, yeah. 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 yeah until he uh, passed away. Yeah. But, you know, he really he really helped me out uh, a lot. And, you know, just not he was just a great football player, but also a great person, someone cool to hang out and just have a <laughs> beer with and, you know, just just talk to. Yeah. Um, love the example in the documentary about and they actually show you doing it, focusing on a fan. You hated timeouts. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I hated that. <laughs> so you hated still, timeouts. You I didn't still, know what I to do. do. You know the ball's coming to you and the play yeah. coming out of the timeout. And what would you do? I, I would focus on a fan in this in the stadium, or just look around the stadium, and and that would just take me out of football just for a second. Yeah. And the second it uh, it was time in again, it was time to go. Now I'm back focus, and you hear all the great players talk about that. You know, you look at Michael Jordan. Uh, you know. I'm sure he probably did the same thing. Uh, Tiger Woods, uh, Wayne Gretzky, all these guys, you know, Pelé probably did the same thing because you have to let that moment go for a second. Yeah. But now the second it's time to go, now you're refocused and you're ready to go. So when I heard that in the documentary, I had follow-up questions. So I'm so glad you're here with me. When you're looking at someone, do they look back? Are they like going, hey, me? I feel are like, you looking at me? No, <laughs> I feel like every, everyone is looking at, you know, looking at me yeah. <laughs> no matter what. But, you know, it's, it's just like I'm trying to break it up a little bit. Yeah. You know, I might be looking at the hat. I might be looking at what they're wearing or something like that. And, um, you know, I, I remember, you know, something about Tiger Woods when he said, you know, it's like after hitting the shot, you and you have to let that go for a second. Yeah. Now you walk in and you enjoying the golf course. You're looking around you, the scenery and stuff like that. But the second you back over that that shot, it's time to go. You refocus. Yeah. And so, that's what you did. Yeah. Yeah. So, I never thought of you as someone who had you know you didn't have a touchdown dance or a, a Lambo leap or anything. I always heard my mom. I don't know if you actually said it, but my mom would tell me, Jerry Rice said it, act like you've been there before. Yeah, and yeah. I was, I, my first year, I I think a couple games, I, I tried to have some type of identity, you know, yeah. something that was going to separate me from everyone else. And I, and I tried to dance, and I looked at myself, I looked crazy doing it, so I decided not to do it anymore. And I said, hey, you know, that's when I came up with, hey, you know what? Just act like you've been there. Just give the ball to the official. <laughs> so, then, you know, that was it. <laughs> so it, what what was the dance? Uh, I love footage of this. I'm 85, not even going to tell you that. It was way. The it robot was, it was, or, or 85? It, it was way too old school. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I won't I got to tell you, though, I, looking through the archive, I feel yeah. like you did have an end zone. Uh, it wasn't a dance, my, but it was a routine. But, but I think it was my interaction with the fans. That's it. After I, I scored, that, I that, that at, was that was everything to me. I look at every one of these photos, yeah. and these are after scores. I read on the back, and there you are yeah. running toward the fans, and there's right. no leap, there's nothing showy about it. It's just you run to them yeah. like you want to be with them after the score. No, and, no. The reason why is that I feel when I'm running down the football field, I feel like everyone in that stadium is running with me. Everyone back home watching it on television is up running right next to the television. So it's just that type of appreciation there that, and that I, 
you know that that really, that I get a lot of uh, enjoyment out of, you know, just to see their reaction. Yeah. You know, after I score, that mean like, wow, okay, look at that. They're they're pumped up. They're you know they're energized. They're just you know they're in the moment. Yeah. So it, yeah, it means the world. Do you miss that, or do you still see that when you run into fans now and feel oh, a little bit of that? I still see it. You know, and and after being retired for such a long time and the way people react, uh, you know, I think it's pretty cool. It it, it means that you did something the right way. So, uh, but I don't take it for granted. You know, as long as I'm being asked, you know, to take pictures or sign autographs, you know, then I'm cool with it. All right. Well, I this is on a podcast now. People are going to come up to you, Jerry. <laughs> That's, it's okay. It's okay. But yeah. you know, you got to think about this because just taking time out to give one person, you know, the opportunity that they're never going to forget. Yeah, it's worth it. I think I've seen you show up in someone's wedding photos. Yeah, I do a little bit of that too. Yeah, yeah, I'm like the wedding crasher. <laughs> Talk I do it to all. me about that. No, you know what? I if I'm at if I'm at a golf course or something like that, and I'm playing golf, and after after a round, if someone is getting married, I just go to congratulate the bride and the groom, and all of a sudden I get pulled into the wedding. So it's it's pretty cool because it's like, oh, my God, you know, I'm here at this so-and-so golf course, and I run into Jerry Rice, and he's a part of my wedding. Yeah. I I even signed a book, and I do everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. You found a phone in our bathroom. Yeah. yeah. That, I, 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 you're yeah. real concerned that it get back to the owner. That's right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that yeah. picture right there, I, I think, is, is everything. I mean, the extension for the ball. Looking the ball all the way in, uh, yeah, and and just making sure I secure that catch. Yeah. So those those are memories I'll never forget because you know when in the heat of the moment, anything can happen and the, the ball game could be on the line, but I have confidence that I have done this over and over again during practice. You, we're looking at a photo yeah. now. This is from I'm reading the back. It's yeah. from 1995. Mike Maloney. Uh, I can tell you because it's written on the back. Do you know uh, if you caught that pass? Because it's about four inches from yeah. your fingertips. Yeah. Sure of it? I'm positive. <laughs> <laughs> I'm positive. Yeah. Body language, you can see Body it in your language, eyes. everything. Uh, but, you know, repetition wise, I had done that over and over during practice. Yeah. And, you know, Bill Walsh all, always talked about trying to catch the ball at the highest peak because a lot of, you know, so many receivers, they, they would try to let this ball come into their body. Yeah. But, my thing, I always wanted to attack the football at its highest peak. So, yeah, yeah, I caught that. Well, sir, I, uh, I want to thank you for coming in. Thank, thank you for you. coming in early. Thank you. Uh, thank, thank you, you for uh, yeah. bringing joy to a lot of 49er fans. And uh, just really appreciate that you're willing to share the stories still. Okay, so, yeah, in search of greatness, yeah. uh, the Metreon in San Francisco, then you got... Uh, you got one Century 20 in Daly City. Yeah. And I want everybody to go out and check it out because uh, you got some great, great individuals. And just to be with uh, Wayne Gretzky and, and Pelé and, and everyone else, uh, it means the world to me. It's an entertaining documentary, and you're going to learn, and you're going to laugh, too. Yeah. 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 But I'm going to be very critical of myself. I know you are. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming in, Jerry. Thank you. Yeah.
You are listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Thank you to my guest, Jerry Rice. Executive producer is Fernando Diaz, and our editor-in-chief is Audrey Cooper. Our music is The Tide Will Rise by the Sunset Shipwrecks off their album, Community. Read our columns and subscribe to The Chronicle at www.sfchronicle.com. San Francisco Chronicle podcasts are on Apple Podcasts and other streaming services. Listen at www.sfchronicle.com slash podcasts with an S.